What's up, world? Welcome to the positive truth, uplifting, and positive news to help you believe in yourself and the world around you. Tim, what are we trying to bring? Here at the positive truth, we're trying to bring awareness, empowerment, inspiration, optimism, and understanding to communities everywhere. What's that I stand for again? Inspiration. I was not expecting that, but okay. <laughs> it's Inspirational Friday, where we talk about two inspirational stories to hopefully inspire you and push you through the weekend. Before we get to that, make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Helps us out so much. Helps us spread our message of positivity out to the world. We also have a Patreon where you get a bonus positive news episode if you subscribe. And we take all our money we make from our Patreon and our sponsors and we donate it for our best ofs. We used to do community drives, but coronavirus has ended interacting with people. But they're coming back, hopefully, when the vaccine comes. <laughs> I want to go first because Tim's is really good. And I feel like mine's really good. I know. You always say this and your story's like amazing. So I'm ready for it. So back when we could do interviews because coronavirus wasn't a thing, we interviewed Bruce White, remember? I do. And he had one of the, your favorite quotes. And it really is a great quote. He's like, some people can't donate money, but we can donate a skill. And use that skill to help people. So Bruce, he's a barber here in Oklahoma City. He goes and does free haircuts for the homeless. Or anyone in need. Absolutely awesome. I have a story about two, two teenagers. One's name is Owen, the other one's Zach. And they're in San Francisco. And they like they love lacrosse. Problem is, a lot of people don't play lacrosse. Did you ever play lacrosse growing up? No, man. I, I watched it on like ESPN a couple times, and I'm like, what is this hockey, field hockey stuff? What is this? I've never played it either. And so they were like, we should, over the summer, teach lessons. Interesting. 12 and 11. That's dope. Great, right? But see, they didn't just want to teach lessons to spread awareness about lacrosse because a lot of people feel like we do. Like, I never played lacrosse. I never heard of anyone that's played lacrosse. They didn't want to just share the sport they love. They wanted to give back to the homeless because they would go through San Francisco and they're like, man, there's a lot of people here that are hungry. What can we do about it? And when you're 11 and 12, you can't do much. But they were like, well... We like lacrosse. We're really good at that. We're not farther enough in school to teach people about math or science. We can't really go work. But if we take, if we give these lessons out, we can take the money we raise and donate it to the hunger associations, people to help in San Francisco. And that's what they did all summer. They came in. They would teach lacrosse lessons during the day to anyone. It's like twenty, thirty-five dollars an hour. They took all that money and donated it. At the end of August, they raised three thousand dollars. That's impressive. And some of the parents were like, "You're doing what?" So then they started donating too. And so now they have a whole community of kids, and now want to play lacrosse with them. And they donated to the homeless in their area. So shout out to them. Yo, that's wild <laughs> to me. The fact that, like, to me, the the craziest part: the parents are like, "You're doing what?" And then they join the movement. You know what I mean? Like. We talk about it all the time. The youth are awesome here on The Positive Truth. But whenever like, whenever you can inspire your parents to do some positive things, that's how you know what kind of power you have, man. And your friend's parents. Man. like They just inspired a whole community. That's awesome, man. Shout out to them. Absolutely. Inspirational stories. Short and sweet with JP. I liked it, man. Before we get to Tim's, we like to pause and do audio meditation. It's where we both talk about one thing we're grateful for each. Because in the stresses of life, we often overlook 
all the great things going on in our own lives. We encourage everyone listening. Think of one thing you're grateful for as well. Guaranteed to make your day so much more positive. I'm going first, Tim. I want to give a shout out to Pope Francis. Pope Francis. Last week he came out and was like, kids that are LGBTQ, God loves them too. Your life matters. Take that world. And then this week, if I can find the exact quote, he says, God created the world with a variety, a great variety of flowers of all different colors. Each flower has its own unique ability, and each one of us is beautiful in the eyes of God who loves us. And he was talking to children that have autism and spectrum disorders, telling them that they're beautiful, unique flowers to God. Shout out to Pope Francis. And going above and beyond. That's awesome, man. See, I am beyond grateful for Hispanic Heritage Month, man. I am 31 uh, years old. I've been saying 32 for some odd reason because, you know, I turned 32 in months, <laughs> whatever the case may be. But, like, this Hispanic Heritage Month, I've been uh, doing a little bit more research, man. Like, I've gotten into, I guess, having a daughter made me want to learn more about my Puerto Rican heritage a little bit. And I started doing some research, and it's cool, doing the positive truth. We're finding out about all these news stories. And I'm grateful for it, man. I'm grateful for the positive truth. I'm grateful for Hispanic Heritage Month, and I'm grateful for my very next story. I thought it was really awesome because... It, it's inspirational for me because I know it's going to be inspirational for my daughter one day. And I'm going to be talking about Julia de, Burgo, de Burgos. Let me say it in Spanish now. Julia de Burgos. <laughs> um, she was born in Puerto Rico and she was actually a poet. She was born in 1914. And the reason why I don't know about her and a lot of people here in America don't even know about her is because... We only cover white men in history. Exactly. Like, since 1851, the New York Times is only focused on white men when they print out anything, any obituary. They only focus on women, let alone an Afro-Latina woman. So in 1914, she basically was born. Growing up, she realized she was different, right? She realized that she couldn't communicate clearly when she was speaking. It was more about her expressing herself when she wrote things down, going to school. So she would write all the time, write about her island, how beautiful the island was. She was born in Carolina in Puerto Rico, for those that don't know. I've actually been there. That's why it's so crazy to me. Like, um, she was born there and she's an Afro-Latina woman and in Puerto Rico, there's still racism that goes on there. This is the 1914, 1920s, 1930s. There's still racism, racism that goes on in there. So if you're from African descent, like she was, you're gonna look down on. The only thing was is she was so intelligent, she was so smart, her poetry was so good that she self-published herself. And her poem took off at the age of 23 years old. She, was she ended up getting married a year later to this guy that was in politics in Puerto Rico. He was doing his thing. She ended up being a part of an all-woman nationalist party in Puerto Rico, doing her thing all the way to the top. And then she realized she hit a ceiling. I can't go any higher. Nobody takes me, gives me respect here. They don't give me the respect that I definitely deserve. I know I'm smarter than them. I know what I need to do. So she decided, you know what? I need to leave New York. Her and her husband ended up getting a divorce. And she said, at 24 years old, I will never come back here. And she kept her promise. She ended up going, leaving Puerto Rico to New York City. In New York, she ended up meeting a man where she ended up getting married again, where she ended up going to Cuba. But during all of this, she was still writing. Her poetry was still going crazy in Puerto Rico, still going crazy in New York. She's in Cuba, she ends up receiving all these literacy awards in 1940, when she's married to her second husband. Her husband was in politics as well over there. They ended up getting divorced. She goes back to New York in 1942. She was in Cuba for two years. Now, she's still writing. Julia de Burgos is now finally getting a little bit of credit in her older age. She has some kids, ex-husbands, and she meets a new man. This new man, they ended up getting married again. She's still writing, an Afro-Latina woman, not getting respect anywhere she goes. In all of her poetry, she starts talking about her life now and how she's not getting this respect, 
how she feels down, what is she gonna be known for? Her poetry is taking off more and more and more. But what's crazy about this, she ended up passing away in 1953, very young age, 39 years old. When she passed away, she was an alcoholic, going through all kinds of depression, was alone. She had her nieces and her daughters that were there, but for the most part, she was still advocating for young Latina women at the end of her life, young Afro-Latina women, telling them they can write, telling them they can do things. Now we're gonna fast forward later on to the future whenever she actually gets her respect. Because in 2014, there was a book that came out with her poetry. And now in Puerto Rico, they actually talk about her, how she's one of the foremothers for the New Yorican movement. Now when I talk about the New Yorican movement, a lot of Puerto Ricans got out of Puerto Rico during the 60s, the 50s, the 70s, 80s. My mom in the 80s got out of, or sorry, in the 70s got out of Puerto Rico and went to New York. I'm, I know about New Yorkans. My family's New Yorkan. The reason why they left is because of what she was fighting for back in the 1920s, back in the 1930s. Equal rights for Afro-Latina women. It blew my mind. My daughter is an Afro-Latina woman. My mother is an Afro-Latina woman. My sister, my aunts, I have so much family. And to find out that this poet that isn't talked about in history anywhere inspired a whole movement, inspired a whole movement of young writers. And oh, she, was, she inspired that with her poetry? With her poetry. And on top of that, she was doing this in the 1930s. We're not talking about in 2020 where there's social media and people are doing it as a trend. She was doing this whenever it wasn't even a time to be cool to be a woman, let alone an Afro-Latina woman. Blows my mind, man. Julia de Burgos is a beast. I'm still reading about her poetry now. I'm gonna do more research on her. I'm actually really, really excited to learn more about her, man. That's why I'm so grateful for this topic today. Yeah, Tim was locked in and ready. I was reading a lot about her. I was like, this is wild. Her poetry so, was just so awesome. What are you going to tell your daughter about her? Well, what I'm going to tell my daughter, first things first, is like, hey, you could write. She loves to draw and stuff, but I'm going to just show her some of her poetry. And then as she gets older, obviously, I'm going to let her know, you know, in 1914, this is when this woman was born. In the 1930s, obviously, in the United States, we know how it was over here for African Americans and women. They just didn't have equal rights at all, nowhere near it. So in Puerto Rico, when everything was going on over there, this woman was a leader. She was changing the path for you today. And then go from there. Hopefully they, she... They were trying to make the world a better place for people like you. Exactly. I hope it inspires her to want to make the place a better for her future, for her future children. Because today we're talking about her and she wasn't talked about for a damn near 100 years. Fire, Tim. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I really have nothing else to add there. Man, that's all I got too. <laughs> Hopefully everyone enjoyed our inspirational stories today. You have to have a poetry from her. Get us out of here. Man, it's all in Spanish. I didn't want to do you guys dirty, but I do have a pretty cool quote. I am not afraid of storms, for I am learning how to sell my shit. Luisa May Alcott. There's an African proverb. Calm seas don't make skills sailors. Bars. Double the quotes. Double the positivity. And we'll be back on Monday with our favorite positive news stories in September <laughs> 2020. And less corny jokes, hopefully, from JP. Now nah, we need the corniness, man. We appreciate everyone for listening. We're out. Stay positive. <laughs>